Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford on Small Business IT Radio, brought to you by blogtalkradio.com. If you're a podcaster out there, this is the place you have to be at. Look at po- blogtalkradio.com for more details. We've got a great show lined up a little earlier than normally on, normally on our Fridays. Hope we got the news out to all our listeners out there that we had a change in the schedule. I have uh, another commitment at 11 o'clock Mountain Time I have to be at, so we had to adjust the schedule slightly. Uh, Small Business IT Radio is a show for the IT solution providers out there across the world that are working in the small business IT community here as a resource for you to get information about what's happening in the industry, cool things that are going on around you, and just general information. And we're joined today by a couple of good uh, folks out there in in the monitoring business and a partner of uh, ours and the partner of Level Platforms. And the first one introduced Dan Wensley, who is the VP of Partner Development for Level Platforms, an Ottawa, Ontario-based company specializing in small business, remote monitoring, and I'm sure there's another a whole whack of services associated with that. But good morning and welcome to the Small Business IT Radio Show, Dan. Thanks, Stuart. Now, you're actually in Toronto, is that correct? Uh, I'm based in Toronto rarely when I'm not uh, somewhere else in the world, and, we, and our head office is in Ottawa, so I'm a bit of a, a travel hound. Uh, well, that's a good club to be part of. <laughs> what, tell me a little bit more about Level Platforms. What's the history of the company? We had Pete Sandiford on many months ago. Right. Refresh the, the minds of our uh, listeners. What, where did Level Platforms start and a little bit of a history about the, the uh, company? Level Platforms actually started, the, the initial genesis of the organization was as an MSP play, um, looking forward into IT services and where they were going, and built sort of a homegrown solution uh, to help manage, monitor, and maintain IT networks for the small-medium business market. That, that genesis quickly evolved into a technology that was obviously going to have a huge impact on our entire industry as we moved towards a more uh, sort of a, a, a more educated services delivery model from from traditional brake fix and truck roll into taking advantage of some of the new technologies that were coming into the market and some of the the tools that are even being built in by the by the traditional vendor community into their product. So Managed Workplace is a software platform designed specifically for the solution provider market, servicing the SMB to the mid market. It's monitoring, remote management, really taking uh, advantage of all of the assets inside the IT network that, that the solution provider is, is maintaining for their customers, taking that data and adding a lot of automation tools to it, not only data, reporting, information, asset inventory, that kind of thing, but really taking our services delivery model to the next step. And how, what's the partner reach for Level Platforms today? Uh, we're, uh, we're pushing upwards of 3,000 partners globally. We're in 27 countries, um, specifically in North America. We've got over 2,000 North American solution providers who are using our platform to deliver uh, a new breed of services I- into the marketplace. Both the, you know, the, the hype around managed services in, in, in that sort of delivery model, but also specifically just taking advantage of the technology to do their existing services business more profitably as well. Okay, and when we were talking in Las Vegas beginning of August, I do believe, you did you said something to me in a, one of your breakout sessions there that I really caught, uh, caught my attention. 
what is Level Platform's view on this whole managed services, you know, buzz or whatever you want to call it? What, what the managed services buzzwords that are out there? What's your guys' official view on that? It, uh, yeah, and you know, I mean, we the term managed services has been the hype term around this around some of the technologies that have come into the marketplace from us and others and some of your major vendors, Cisco and, and Microsoft and so on. But managed services itself is it means nothing. It really it, it's about the technology and what that technology uh, delivers for the solution provider market and delivers to the end user ultimately. Internally at, at level platforms, although you'll see managed services all over our website and certainly you know, that's the key driving brand of what we're doing, uh, we have banned the term internally. Um, our partner development managers who work with great partners like Aaron really talk specifically about a piece of software, a technology that adds value to Aaron's business, allows her to run a, a more profitable uh, service-oriented solution provider business, and how that technology adds value to the end user. And we're getting caught up too much in, you know, managed services is hard to sell because a, a very high-level managed services strategy one day could mean that you don't roll trucks and you do everything remotely. But for the vast majority of the solution provider market in North America, it's simply about doing your current business more economically for both you as a solution provider while providing a higher level of value to the customer. And that all comes down to the technology. And it's not about this revolutionary step we're taking as an industry. It's more about an evolutionary step and taking advantage of a new technology that's available from us and, and the supported vendors that we've got um, to, to drive that business model. And there's too many times we've heard at, at sessions you and I have been at, and, and certainly Aaron's been there and heard, well, managed services is hard to sell. And what we found is that the solution providers have done an outstanding job servicing their customers over the last decade plus. And to try to go in and change the way you're servicing your customers is the hardest thing you're going to do. You're virtually putting your own good service as a competitor against this, this business change you're trying to make. So it's more about adding a differentiated service, just like we did with antivirus software or anti-spam software. It's not as complex as many of the articles we read about. Well, I, got, uh, I think I got something in the mail the other day from my furnace. Uh, the person maintains my fur a furnace at home about a managed service for my furnace. And I think everybody's catching on this buzzword that they would monitor my furnace. You know, if the certain levels got high enough, they would, you know, call me and say, hey, Mr. Crawford, you have to uh, change your furnace filter because we're noticing uh, the airflow is down or whatever. You, I, mentioned I, Aaron, you mentioned Aaron in there. Let's bring Aaron in on the call here uh, this morning on Small Business IT Radio. Aaron Arnold, the VP of Operations for Next Step Networking out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Good morning, Aaron, and how's things in Cincinnati this morning? Things are sunny and bright down here in Cincinnati. <laughs> Perfect. And tell us a little bit more about Next Step. What's uh, what's the history of the company? What's the market that you guys serve in the in the greater Cincinnati area? Um, Next Step Networking um, is one of the band words. It's a, it's managed services. We uh, the way we define managed services is percentage of liabilities that we will take for the network from the client. And that's going to depend on what their agreement is. Um, we work with small, medium businesses, not-for-profit organizations um, in the re southwest Ohio area, um, just becoming their IT staff and doing what's right for the customer. So you basically be, you take over the whole IT management of a network for a small business customer of yours? 
it, 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 we will go as little as just monitoring and helping them out to being the uh, CIO for the organization and doing all the work for it that's involved in it. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Now, I know you guys in Level Platforms and your, and your company have a great story here, but let's, we'll get to that in a few minutes here. I want to just take care of a few administration details. Uh, we are taking live calls this morning for anybody who wants to dial in and ask either Dan or Aaron a question on uh, the Small Business IT Radio Show this morning. The listener dial-in number for you to dial in is area code 646-716-8372. And feel free to dial in and ask a question. We'll get to your uh, calls here uh, as the show uh, moves along. So, Dan, turn it back to you quickly here. What are some of the challenges that you see on a daily basis from small business solution providers when it comes to trying to figure out what they want to do around a monitoring service that they want to offer that to their customer base? Right. And it's, it's really, I mean, Arnold, uh, Aaron really talked about it. It's, it's first and foremost identifying the, the initial sale of the service. As Aaron said, she does a great job running a full-blown MSP and she does take on customers all the way up to becoming that trusted advisor at a CIO level and using the tool for that. And that's been the hype around managed services, Stuart. What too many people are missing is the opportunity for and the value of straight monitoring. We've almost taken this technology and taken the hype around managed services and, and looked for where we're going to be in three to five to ten years with this. Um, really, the, the partners who are being most successful are, are exactly like Aaron. They are taking advantage of monitoring first and foremost. There are four very um, specific, unique differentiators and, and business drivers for the solution provider community to make this step to quote-unquote managed services. First and foremost, it's and the four are new customer acquisition and how this technology and this service model can help you do that. The second one is generating new services revenue, incremental new services revenue, whether on a recurring basis or as a flat fee, but new service revenue. The third and the fourth points are often overlooked in, in the hype around managed services. The third point is the impact this sort of technology and the asset and the information that you gather can help you sell as a solution provider more of your traditional product and project sales. We have case study partners who have seen triple-digit increases in their other vendor sales into their customer base thanks to the information and the technology and, and the reports that they're able to generate. The fourth one is the reduction in, in the current operating cost of a solution provider business. You know, we as an industry have made this transition to services over the last decade um, and I remember, and I tell this story often, I'm sure you've heard it before, Stuart, that sitting at a Cisco conference in 1997 and Cisco telling their 3,000 partners in the room that if you're not in services by 1998, you won't be in business. And that's really the same hype we heard about managed services. Uh, the, the reality is it's taken the IT industry and specifically the solution providers over a decade of hard work to now be seeing about 56%, I think, is, is the latest Gartner IDC uh, CMP media statistics on top-line revenue generated from services. But that's where the majority of our profit is now. As, as hardware margins shrunk, 
the, the solution provider community did a fantastic job evolving to a services model where we see most of our profits today. Managed services is just another evolutionary step of that. So it's really looking at managed services from where you can take it long term, but, it, but the impact to a solution provider from new customer acquisition and a service differentiator to generating a new recurring revenue stream from a new defined service and the other two which we've seen just phenomenal you know, results on is, is that upsell opportunity and driving out costs. Okay, so I mean that makes a lot of sense to me as a small business IT professional or an MSP that, you know, I, yeah, I gotta have uh, a lot of clubs in my golf bag of, of business here and I can't just can't I mean, I heard success stories of guys just purely going managed services uh, versus break fix. Right. And I do agree with you that some of that hype around if you're if you're not in managed services in five years, you're not going to be in business. I'm a little leery about uh, thinking that because we have to have, we have we offer many different types of services out of my IT company here in Calgary. That you know some some of our clients are not a fit for a full MSP offering. And some of our clients are not a fit for traditional break fix. Aaron, maybe you could tell a story about one of your success stories that you have with uh, the implementation of maybe just just remote monitoring to start with. How did you guys partner with Level Platforms to do just a monitoring type service for one of your clients? Um, we use Level Platforms as our our tool and our tool bag. Our our clients don't know what it is that we're using but they just know that we know what's going on in their network, um, and that's what Level Platforms gives to us. Um, we have clients who have uh, either they don't want, they don't think they use technology as much as they do, or they have some internal people that do a pretty good job. So we will use the monitoring just to alert them to situations that are looming in the distance so they can take care of, of getting them get the issues resolved uh, before they become problems. Um, and then we can either help if the people don't know, help them fix the problems. Um, and for us, that becomes a billable instance. Um, and kind of on, we'll use a block hour contract along with it. So it's still a managed service because we're still packaging everything. But the, the, the fixing of the problems is just a billable instance then for us. Um, and it works out great for the clients because I mean, their server downtime and their productivity just skyrockets because, you know, they don't have the unexpected server crashes anymore. Well, you take, you take that firefighting mode and move more into proactive service. So when that hard drive starts to develop some uh, failed uh, sectors on it or uh, maybe a virus uh, infiltrates through the firewall and the antivirus software, you can get an alert through the service there and take a proactive approach instead of a reactive approach. Is, is that what I'm hearing? It is. And, I mean, it, it's, it, sounds, it sounds strange, but the biggest, um, the biggest impact you get is when a client's uh, Internet connectivity goes out and you call them before they've even realized it because you're on top of it. At that point, the client knows you're taking care of them. I don't and that's, really, after I don't that, there's really not much, you know, they do what you say. I don't really see monitoring, for example. I mean, if I play a devil's advocate here just slightly, if, a, if it's the middle of the day and, you know, things are plugging along and the server just crashes, the client should know about that before you do. So, I mean, monitoring is not the, uh, what's, I'm trying to figure out the best way to word it. It's, 
it's not going to prevent those situations from happening, but those things that happen that could lead up to a disaster is where the real value of maybe monitoring the network is. Is that what you see? I see that the value of monitoring the network prevents the server crashes. Um, it enables maximum uptime. It says something's going to happen. We can do this work after hours for you so your productivity is not affected, um, as opposed to the all of a sudden the server crashes and they're down for for a day and a half. Yeah, that's really a great point. It, it's the... It's, again, the asset and the information that you're gathering using a technology. It's, uh, we call them pre-failure indicators. You know, so Erin is able to service her customer and be able to demonstrate trending of potential failures before they happen. And that, that's where significant uptime can be realized. It, it's not, you know, it, it, it's stuff is going to break, things are going to crash. So can we prevent a few by these pre-failure indicators and thresholds that are set on a per-device basis? And then once something does crash, the, again, the amount of information that is gathered out of that, that failure can also expedite the fix. Whether that's done remotely or whether that's still rolling a truck, the amount of information you're able to gather about that failure can expedite the fix and, and thus expedite the uptime for the customer. Which is perfect because today, in today's global economy, small businesses especially are competing on the global stage, and downtime can be disastrous for a number of them. It's gone, you know, from five years ago to even today. It, the big, there's a big change, and if you're not thinking as a small business IT provider in that mentality, you could be in a lot of trouble. And this is where I think the level platforms monitoring service can provide you with a huge amount of value uh, in in that service, just that one piece alone being able to sure you can be uh, proactive with your support. Dan, what are some of the pre-failure indicators that you guys monitor for? Well, it, it, two things. It's the templates that come with the product are also customizable. So out of the gate, if you're looking to monitor any IP device with, within a network, there's a template that we've worked with a vendor. We'll take Cisco as an example. And <coughs> excuse me, some of the best practices on what they're able to do. And it depends on the level of service. As Erin said, she's doing straight monitoring for some of her customers and doing a full kind of SLA managed service for others. So you can monitor for anything, and you can also react differently depending on the alert. Um, I was with a customer at an event and he literally got an alert sent to his PDA while standing on a show floor that the, um, the CIO's uh, EA system was failing. It had hit a, a CPU utilization rate um, that, that wasn't acceptable twice in a 10-minute period. So you can go that far or you can take the alerts and just log them. So it's very customizable, and that's sort of been the key to the longevity of, of Managed Workplace, our product, is its scalability and its customizability, whether it's a new product that comes onto the market or a different level of quote-unquote MSP service that you're providing into your customer base. And that's really a, a unique feature uh, of our product as each one is template-driven and the solution provider. I mean, the, the case study we'll talk about with Next Step and, and what Aaron did with our scripting is just a phenomenal example of some of the, the versatility in, in, some of the, in the tool that you can roll out to a customer. So what are, so what are the, some of the vendors that you guys work with, uh, Dan, 
Uh, you mentioned Cisco. Is there any other uh, names that uh, some of our other list our listeners will be working with today? Yeah, th and this is really a, a key point: is that um, the all of the networks that are out there and the supported vendors from the solution provider community. When you make a transition or, or pick a new technology to help you roll out this sort of service delivery model, the key point is going to be what it will do for you short term and how it's going to evolve. Uh, we literally monitor and, and have templates for every single IP device that's in the market. And our, our partnership with the vendor community is almost as strong as our partnership with the solution provider community. So uh, we're a Microsoft Gold certified partner. Uh, we're an Intel partner at, at a very strategic level, um, Cisco, HP, IBM. I mean, literally our team working with the vendor community is, is significant. And, and as we've all seen, every major vendor has made announcements over the last 24 months about a managed services strategy. Uh, Cisco just made another one a couple of days ago. Uh, Lexmark announced their fleet program about you know, 13 months ago. There's new print managed services coming into the marketplace. The core of our technology and our value proposition is the ability to roll in these additional services and to roll in the templates of all of these vendors and e each of the product enhancements they make. You've got Microsoft at the Worldwide Partner Conference talking about 2008 being you know, software plus services. So Microsoft is heavily, they've, they've announced their system service essentials program, which is all around monitoring and remediation of Microsoft products out, out in the marketplace. And our key long-term goal and, and architecture is designed to be a partner to all of those and to enhance all of those through a single dashboard. Even some of the PSA solutions that are getting phenomenal traction in the, in the solution provider community. The automation tools uh, such as Autotask, ConnectWise, Microsoft CRM even, TigerPaw, there's a lot of emerging vendors in, in there. And what's really been a success factor for us is partnership with all of those other vendors, allowing the solution provider to build the best solution for them. If they find that one PSA solution over another is a better fit, our tool will still work with that. And that's a key differentiator. Same thing with, with automated backup. We're seeing a lot of play around the security and the automated unattended backup solutions coming into the market. Again, we're partnered with all of those vendors. Um, and, and, and that gives the most versatility, we think, for our partners. Rather than saying, you know, buy level platforms and this is the backup solution it works with, what happens when, it, when the, the next great vendor and backup solution comes into the market that's a higher margin for, for the community next year, you know, we're, we're kind of stuck. So it's always been an open architecture stance, and I'm sure Peter talked about that you know, with you on your radio program as well, that, that that's really the key. We're not trying to set the benchmarks for which vendors are the right solution. We're making sure that, that the monitoring tool works with what, what's right for each solution provider providing that service into the end user. Well, that's perfect. And everybody, we're just listening to uh, the station break here. We're blogtalkradio.com, and this is the Small Business IT radio show. And we're with Dan Wensley and Aaron Arnold uh, talking about remote monitoring and all the other value-added services that go around, uh, around that. Now, you guys did a, partnered up and did a uh, fantastic case study on how Next Step use level platforms to basically 
take care of one of their clients. Aaron, do you want to talk about that and you know what maybe what a little bit of the story about that how you know what the the pain of the client was and how you resolve some of those pains? This was a really neat uh a really neat uh, story. Um one of our clients we were basically taking out the old antivirus program and installing a new one. Um and of course this client we had just uh acquired and they had just signed up for management so they had like 13 different antivirus programs across all the workstations and different levels and patches on all of them. So um, using the scripting tools and level platforms, we were able to um, overnight, uh, we told them when they left to leave all their computers on, um, go in and using the, using the script tool, uh, uninstall all of those antivirus applications install the application that we uh, sold them to, for the, to manage their antivirus, and then in, reboot the system. So in the morning, the users came in, they logged in, and everything was done. So you, and you do so on, the client experienced... Or, or remote? Pardon? Was that done on-site, or was that done remotely? Oh, it was done remotely. We We set it all up to run. Um, we scheduled it to run. We all went home, and uh, not only did ev- I mean everyone went home, the client went home, we went home, came in the next morning, and it was done. Interesting. So, I mean, what I'm seeing there is the client got their solution that they that they needed to standardize on an antivirus platform, and they must have saved a whack of money. And in, in, instead of having a bunch of a team of techs go in there and do it manually on each machine. What was, it was the ROI on the client for that? It was it was a definite win-win situation. Um, the client experienced zero loss of productivity, um, and so that was golden to them. They paid us um, a set price for the installation um, to 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 perform it, and we so you know we spent the time to develop the scripts. Other than that, it was all done. So it was an extremely profitable installation for us as well. That, that's wonderful. I mean, what I see, and I'm probably going to step on a few toes here, but that's okay, is I find a lot of the old-school IT professionals still believe that they need to go and touch every workstation to do it effectively. And I think what you just told us proves that theory wrong. And, I, I mean, that's a wonderful uh, way to use a, a product. And let's face it, from a, a business owner, if I can flat rate an install and not have to worry about paying anybody, to do it, it's a win for us as the solution provider. It's definitely a win for the client. And yeah, I yeah, and that, prove that, it. That, that's a, that's you're you're right on there, Stuart. And that's really the key. I mean, that's Aaron's sale was a very traditional solution provider sale of a product and services. What changed was the delivery of those services was more profitable for next step. And as, as you're stating, it's also in in our opinion better servicing the customer. And, and, and almost the ability for you to deliver that service at a higher price than sending out your IT guy, uh, because it is more cost not more cost effective for the end user, but certainly the, the the value of not having IT guys running around uninstalling antivirus under all of your employees' desks is worth more money. And, and I, I really what do you see? Why do you see some traditional IT providers not embracing that philosophy then? It's, 
again, we see it every day with, with really getting caught up in the hype. Um, as I said earlier, th there's a wonderful example of how Erin was able to lower her operating cost, uh, cost and increase her profitability by doing a very traditional sale. Um, what we work with all of our partners on a daily basis with is, is how can we make this piece of software, and this brings us back to why I banned the term managed services internally, that, that wasn't about managed services. That was how the technology can help drive value to your end user and value to your customer and value to your, your own business. And that's really the key. So we, we get caught up with, with partners who are saying, yep, I, I know I've got to make this huge evolution, revolutionary step to manage services, and that's great. And, and Aaron's a great example of that. they got some phenomenal MSP customers as well, but don't lose sight of, of how it can impact your entire business. And we call it total deployment. The value of getting this technology and this data and this information and this capability into every single customer you touch and have far outweighs uh, the cost of the of the solution. Even if you know, even if you're not driving specific services revenue, there's an opportunity. You know, you have to have the software installed to deliver that. But there's a great way to increase your profit just by taking advantage of the technologies that are out there. Aaron, I want to ask you one question on that deployment of the antivirus. There, some of the things I run up against is the mentality, or let me, I'm going to. I call it a limiting belief because it's really uh, just a belief system that some people have, is that what happens if one of the installations fail? What happens if the computer blue screens on the reboot? What contingency plans did you have in place? That tech's available the next morning um, to go on site if need be um, to take care of any of those issues um, or to even uh, deal with them remotely using using the tool. I mean, the key for us, for managed services, is you have to be able to deliver things more efficiently. And that is the only way you're ever going to make money in managed services and do it right, is if you come at it from the perspective of, I need to deliver my services more efficiently. Because we all know that good IT techs are in short supply today. So this is one way that we can... You know, get around that uh, challenge in our business, and, and I know it's not definitely a Calgary problem or a Toronto problem or an Ottawa problem. I think globally, the I, the quality IT technician uh, pool is shrinking, and some people are not looking to making career moves right now. Uh, can you talk about that, Erin? Oh, trying to find good people is it's it's extremely difficult. I think it's 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 an industry wide it's an industry wide issue. Um, and that's why you have to start looking at other areas, other avenues to help uh, do things more efficiently with the staff you have. Um, there, you need to be able to have, by using the tools such as level platforms and the remote control capabilities and the monitoring and everything, you can have one person be doing multiple things and handling multiple issues at the same time as opposed to having one engineer on the road going out to the client site to fix a problem, they're dealing with, you know, two client sites real time. And that's well, how you that's how you help combat that until you can find more people. Well even if you look at even just the expense, if you had the people, the expense of doing the truck roll at a dollar ten uh, per liter in gas in Canada, around three dollars a gallon in the US 
the price of parking is going up, the price of anything, mileage and all that is all going up, then, hey, this is a great way to deliver a service and keep those operating costs down, which equals better profit for your business, Aaron. Is that, uh, is that what you guys are seeing as well? That's what we're seeing. Perfect. One thing I forgot to ask you, Aaron, how big is your company? And how many how many service techs to client? What's the ratio like? Um, we have about fifty five managed service clients. Um, we have a, a service staff of uh, I'm trying to think here. We have uh, three um, that deal most of the field work. We have one inside guy that takes care of it, and we have a couple outsourced guys that are forty hours a week at some of these clients as well. So, you know, your traditional small business IT shop, you know, the perfect size. Uh, Dan, maybe can you talk about some of the challenges you see around, you know, the rising cost of expenses, the talent pool, and uh, and all that, as Darren just kind of gave her example. What are you seeing across the whole level platforms partner ecosystem? Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're seeing the same thing, and that that's a key economic driver for the deployment of these types of technologies is, is it, it's, you know, the, the people are getting harder and harder and, and the economics of this evolution into this services model just makes so many, so much sense from so many different angles. Um, and, and the one point that, that often comes up when we talk about this service delivery model, Stuart, and maybe, you know, we can address it is I've heard quite often, not so much recently, but often solution providers say, well, I'm going to lose touch with my customer base. And if I start doing things remotely, such as Aaron just did, you know, am I going to lose touch with my customer? We've honestly found the exact opposite. The, the service delivery model remotely doesn't allow you to lose touch with your customer. It actually increases the information and the data flow and the relationship you've got with, the, with your customer. I mean, the solution provider market has, again, done an outstanding job in development of the SMB market and it's been based on relationship and great service. This technology and this business model doesn't change that. It actually enhances it. The amount of information that you now have about your customer, and, and as, as you, you know, asked Aaron, you know, what happens if something went wrong? Well, the logs, the information, the data, um, she was able to you know, walk back into her customer proactively after this was done and be able to say, here's what happened, here's what we did, here's when it was installed, Here's the data, and here's how we've increased the security of, you know, uh, of your entire network. So the reporting, and, and it often comes down to the reporting engine available in the tool that is, is adding value as a solution provider. Where well, I see it, Dan, on, from your guy's side, uh, and why I think the, the whole remote, remote monitoring uh, business is a value-added service to the small business provider. Now, instead of rolling out technicians that take care of simple tasks or stuff that can be done remotely, for example, like doing upgrades or patches or whatever, now you're getting valuable feedback from your clients. Now instead of sending technicians out, you're rolling out your business development reps or your account managers to talk to the clients on, you know, where is technology heading? What's the next thing down the corner? How is it going to affect your business? And, yeah, you know, you're still in front of your, your clients on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, doing the touchy-feely type stuff. But it's not your service engineers or your technicians doing that work. It's now your business drivers and and having the tools and the and the information or the reports there, so you can have a qualified, knowledgeable conversation with your client base on the on the day on on their IT infrastructure and what's happening. 
and you know, at the end of the day, you're probably increasing your your failure to selling more antivirus solutions, or you're selling a new firewall solution. Is what's your what's your comment on that, Dan? You know, is that it's, where it's the key? No, it's, you're you're absolutely right. And there's a couple of key factors here. Again, we've seen this is one of the economic drivers of why this model is coming to our market. The upsell opportunity is is there. We literally have partners who are getting their customers to pay them to send in a sales rep. Um, they're called, you know, we, we, we counsel on doing a QBR, a quarterly business review with your, with your customer, a very proactive, not a reactive call. You go in under a, mon- let's, let's take a monitoring solution. So you're monitoring your customer, you're taking the alerts, maybe you're not doing a lot of remediation remotely, you've still got a very traditional business model with that end user, but the value they're getting in those reports and the data and the pre-failure indicators is also enhanced by, I'm going to come into your business, Mr. Customer, and every three months we're going to sit down and review the assets and the health and the security and the uptime and the reliability of your network, and I'm going to do that with real hard data, and we're going to look for those pre-failure indicators and help you plan your IT spend and, and where we need to put it over the next few months. And again, solution providers have done that relatively well over the last decade, but the new technology tools and data and information has done nothing more than enhance. You can literally develop a report that says these are the offending devices inside your network. These are the devices that sent the most alerts and and sent the most pre-failure indicators into us over the last three months. These are the devices inside your network that are going to, you know, affect your uptime, affect your security, and, and affect the reliability of your asset, which is your IT. You, know, you said it in, in your blog. The, so it, your IT and, and the technology can be your biggest growth potential, and it can also stop you uh, from growth. And it's just a phenomenal tool to be able to walk in and, and sit, have that quality conversation with your end user. Well, you mentioned it earlier, Dan, is that you know, if, you're, if you're not doing managed services, today, you know, you, it's, you're not going to be out of business in five years. You can still carry on with a traditional break-fix type business or, or whatever you want to call it. Yes. I think what you'll see is I can go up into my market here and I can, you know, have, go into a competitive situation where you know, there's a traditional IT provider there, you know, and they, you know, the rolling the trucks and doing all that kind of stuff like we did business a while, a while back ago. I can come in there now armed with all this valuable information Immediately, I position myself to the client as being, you know, a partner with them, having all this great information about their business, and chances are I'll probably win that business, not putting you, the other guy, out of business, but I, I'll win more businesses. I think that's the trend we're going to see in the next little while. And we absolutely are seeing it all day long. And, again, the first business driver is is acquiring new customers with this new differentiated service. And, it, and it's a very, as you said, we're in a very highly competitive marketplace, solution provider to SMB in North America. It's one of the most competitive in any market we work with globally. To be able to walk in with a differentiated service because on average the solution provider has been working with that customer for eight years. You know, the, the scope of the North American solution provider has been in business over 10 years, and the majority of their customers they've been dealing with for five to eight years. So to dislodge that incumbent solution provider, traditionally we've had to do it on hourly break-fix rates or certifications or response times and this kind of thing. 
your, to your point exactly, Stuart, you can now walk in and say, that's great, I'm, I'm happy you're happy with your existing solution provider. However, do they monitor, maintain, and send you a, a report on the health of the network that they've sold you over the last 10 years? Do they identify pre-failure indicators for you? I could help you as a new solution provider maybe just do business more effectively with your existing solution provider. And guess what? The solution provider who owns the data and owns the information and owns the insight of that network ultimately will win that customer because you as the new monitoring solution provider can call that customer and say, you know, by the way, we're seeing some, some failure opportunities here with your exchange server and, you know, we can come in and fix it. And there, that, that service delivery model, or we could even do it remotely, uh, thanks to the, to the agent we've got installed inside your network. And that's just been a huge opportunity. And we've got, we've got solution providers who have gone coast to coast, adding hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of new partners with this differentiated service. So Aaron has heard me say this a hundred times in our uh, peer group meetings, and uh, you know I believe it full-heartedly that in this business, in the small business IT business, you're going to be more successful, make more money being different than trying to be better than your competition out there. Aaron, how have you used Level Platforms maybe to work with other solution providers out there, or do you do that? Um, we use Level Platforms. We don't usually work with other solution providers, but it would be with internal IT staff um, or you know the people who are running there who either they can log in and look and see what's going on on their network, um, or we can give them the, pre, the pre-failure indicators and tell them, help them fix the problems beforehand. So like a, a company, maybe a, a large, mid-sized market customer that has their own IT staff, you can just provide that service and give those indicators to their existing IT help desk or whatever. Exactly. Uh, maybe, a lot of the stuff that we're doing. Tier 2, Tier 3 service, right? Yeah, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing is happening with the, um, the mid-markets where they have their own IT staff is they're very good at knowing their environment, but it, technology changes. And since we're looking at, you know, hundreds of servers across, you know, all these clients, we have a tendency to have run into the problem before, whereas it's the first time for them. So we see these indicators. We can go to them and say, based on our knowledge and experience, this is what's happening. Here's what you need to do to fix it. And then they gain the knowledge that we have, and they're their network is running more efficiently and effectively, and everything's still good. Okay. Well, this is Stuart Crawford in conversation with Dan Wensley and Aaron Arnold on Small Business IT Radio today on blogtalkradio.com. We've got about uh, 15 or so minutes left, guys. Dan, I want to talk to you about other things besides remote monitoring that a small business partner or an MSP partner or whatever you want to call it today can can use from level platforms. Like one of the things I have a challenge with in my day-to-day business is no, I hate running out patching workstations and patching servers. What can I do around that type of uh, work that we give our clients today? Yeah, the, the, the scripting we talked about with Aaron's uh, case study example, uh, patch management is is a huge, you know, non-money revenue generator for the solution provider community is cumbersome. So uh, patch management and the ability to push patches is all built into the products. Um, you can take that and do that remotely. This has been a, a huge 
sort of time saver again for, for customers. You can also identify, thanks to the reporting, what has been patched. And again, here's another value to the reporting. Not only am I doing these patches for you, Mr. Customer, but this is how many we've done. This is how we know that they've all been done effectively. When I sit behind a dashboard, our, our central dashboard, with one of our solution providers, we go in and start looking at their customers, and, and you'll see, you'll quickly identify either upsell opportunities or failure indicators, but you can also just get a very good look you know, do we have a security flaw in this customer because we haven't applied patches, or are we affecting their uptime because we haven't done the patches? Again, all the data and all the information is there. We've seen where we've only patched some of the devices in, internally uh, of an end user and not captured them all because under a traditional methodology, it was hard to know all the devices that needed it. Um, so now it, it's right there in real data. So scripting, patching, uh, remote management, uh, logging in with, with you know, the, again, our partners with, with some of the remote uh, desktop applications are all built in. So whether you're using VNC or something else, that's all available. Um, and again, it really shows you the versatility and, and the growth potential in the, in the technology. And, and we've got great partners doing that today. And one of the things I see on your website is asset management. Does that mean I can take an inventory of everything on my client site and give them a nice report of everything that they own? Absolutely, yeah. And that, that's done right at the time of initial install. We also have uh, asset change alerts. So, you know, again, if a value proposition to the end user is not only has, a, has an asset inside your IT um, infrastructure left the building or has one been added, Again, let's take the example of I just picked up a new customer and I'm doing monitoring. You can actually watch your, your, your competitor solution provider sell them products because they're going to show up in that data. Um, and then right down to productivity things. Do you, know, you can spot the employees of an end user downloading a big gaming file or something like that, deploying it on the network, which might have an impact. And there, there's uptime and, and all of the fun stuff we've all sold against traditionally, uh, and, and you're adding value to that business owner, saying, hey, do you know they're all sitting around uh, with a big, heavy game uh, plug, you know, plugging up your system? On the, uh, on the asset management side, one of the things I always see, and we get a lot of requests from our own clients, is that we just need an inventory, we keep it up to date type thing. And you know, one of the things we find is it takes a lot of time to do that. What are we looking at for a time commitment to with the level platform solution and doing an asset management report for one of our clients? A uh, click of a button, Stuart. I mean, it's, real, it's pulling all of that data in real time. Um, you have it in, in a click of a button. And, and to pull up an asset inventory um, in the dashboard, I mean, Erin can talk to this. She uses it. But it's, uh, you can even go in and I want to identify all the, device, all the, the desktops in my organization that have under 512 of memory. And, and I'll tell you an honest story. I had my entire partnership development team in Ottawa last week. We went through the dashboard of here at Level Platforms, and it turns out my PDM, who's been with us for three years, has the worst desktop in the entire building. And his productivity, and he's got, a, he's got two, almost 200 partners of ours he services, uh, hugely successful with his partners, hugely successful for Level Platforms, and I just saw that we've given him the worst machine in the building. And there's a for a business owner standpoint, you know that that that's a great internal asset for for me and level platforms. He should have the, the best machine on the block. So, Aaron, 
can you talk about some of the examples that Dan gave us there? Oh, exactly. We had, I mean, we had one yesterday where we went out um, to talk to the client to do our our, our little mini quarterly, well, monthly review, um, and uh, went out with their inventory, and they looked like we have ten Windows two thousand systems. I had no idea we had that many here. I need to order three three new ones, just like that. Well, I mean that's that's upsell. <laughs> Upsell, yeah, exactly. That's upsell opportunity there. Well, I saw another case study coming on, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a call. We'll talk. <laughs> well, I like Dan's example there because he had one of his best employees, PDMs, using the worst system. Without a tool, you can never, you would never know that unless you physically went to the site and, or the guy would complain, you know, my system's running a bit, you know, a bit slower. Uh, what can you do to speed it up? That's when you would realize, well, you know what, you're running Windows 98 with a Pentium 3 processor. We need to change that out. Uh, Dan, what else is Level Platforms doing out there besides the things that we talked about today? Well, one, one of the things we're really proud of is is you've seen it from a lot of the vendors, and our relationship with the vendors is, is, and I think we did a reasonably good job of this as a vendor community a decade ago when we, we tried to, to help solution providers make this transition to services as we were driving out our margins out of our hardware that we provided into the channel. I think we all tried to do a good job helping folks do services. And I think you're seeing the exact same thing now. And we're really proud of uh, being a founding member of, of MSP Partners, which is, uh, is a group of, of like-minded vendors, Microsoft, Intel, Cisco, um, McAfee, Lenovo, and others. And there's about 20 of us now. And we've developed a straight managed services education portal for the solution provider community. And this is not hey, we want to sell our products to you. This, is, this was done as a collaboration between all of these vendors. Um, we're happy to say I think we're, we're close to 2,000 solution providers who've joined MSP partners just to get education. We, we hired third-party um, industry leaders to talk about what's going on with MSPs. Uh, we did a lot of case studies, not, not to the degree of, of Aaron's where she said, yeah, I, you know, I used level platforms and I did this and I was very happy. But talked about the, the big broad picture of I've been a solution provider and made this transition. And then to, to your key point about vendor collaboration, all of the vendors are talking about how we collaborate together. And it's msppartners.com. Again, we've had two, we launched it last March at an exchange conference with, with Intel, Microsoft, Ingram Micro, um, and just extremely proud of that. And we were just working on our 2008 plans for that program, and we were just real happy to participate in that to sort of help everybody make this transition uh, because the economic drivers and the value is just is, is so compelling. Um, we're we're going to be there, and we're just trying to help the industry expedite that. Well, and we joined MSC Partners uh, back at uh, CompTIA, so we're a member of that now as well. Now, there was a special deal on that. Is that still available? Uh, yeah, if um, there, it, the current membership is, is at half price, it's forty nine dollars. You can go to msppartners.com. Uh, forty nine dollars is, is good for your two thousand and seven membership, and we're we've got all of the iPad content on there and all of the uh, vendor showcase, um, and that's going to be available for two thousand and eight as well. And uh, and if you're interested in level platforms, even if you want to come to one of our uh, co-sponsored programs with Ingram Micro that we do. 
um, that you can also get a free membership to MSP Partners. You, yeah, you did mention that Ingram Micro. I should talk. Can you talk about that a bit more, Dan? Yeah, sure. Uh, Ingram Micro, as you know, the, the world's largest distributor. Uh, really, I also identified the opportunity in a managed service, and, and Ingram Micro did a very uh, unique and, and and I think thought you know a really a really big step forward as a distributor to take on the, the opportunity to deliver new services to their solution providers. And they rolled out what's called Seismic, which is a managed services platform um, encompassing additional tools and, and knock services and help desk. And they chose Level Platform's product to build that on. And the reason, one of the core reasons they chose Level Platform's was, again, our versatility in the, the vendor community. So they can add services like print management and, and help desk services and knock services and and uh, security and automated backup and so on. So we've had a great relationship with, with Ingram Micro. Um, they've launched that out under, under the Seismic program. It's offered as a hosted solution for solution providers so that they can take advantage of, of not bringing a quote-unquote knock or putting software in internally to monitor and maintain, but they do it as a hosted solution. Uh, as well, you can buy Managed Workplace directly from, from Ingram Micro. But again, that's that's just... That kind of encompasses the whole value proposition of, of what's going on in the market. You've got the tier one dis distribution guys who want to service the solution provider market as well, taking advantage of this managed service strategy. So it, I think it's, it's going to be a great win, and it's proof in the pudding that, that we're headed for a long-term success with this whole strategy. And I think uh, everybody in the band uh, jumped on the small business bandwagon, so it's going to get really crowded, a lot of noise out there in the next little while. Aaron, if I was a small business partner and I was looking to you for, you know, guidance on uh, becoming a level platforms partner, what would you uh, say to me uh, to win me over to the level platform side? I would say level platforms. Um, we've used other products before, um, and the reason that level platforms is our is our go to tool is it works, um, and that that's you know a key a key item. Uh, it works um, when you call, you can talk to people, and they answer the phone, and they work with you to resolve issues if they come up. Um, it's flexible, um, and so that you can customize the templates. You know, if you have two customers both running a small business server, but they're on two different management styles or levels, um, you can have the templates act differently depending on which way which one you have set up for which client. So you can make it work for how you how you need it to work. Um, the only thing I would say if if I was going to give advice to someone who's who's going to this route is develop your processes. Figure out how you're going to use the tool because no there's no magic bullet. There's no magic pill that's going to make everything work and then all of a sudden bam you're uh, you're delivering managed services. You need to figure out how you're going to do it and then let the tools do do it for you. But you have to understand how you're going to do it first. I think that's pretty you know, pretty good advice for anything you want to do in business is develop your processes and your systems and then and then find a tool to fit. So you just happen to have your success story here. You've got your process, you got your systems in place, and now you found the tool being LPI or level platforms to fit into the process that you have. So, Dan, I've talked to Aaron. I've 
you know, I'm convinced. I got all my systems, processes in place, and I want to now go live with LPI. What happens next? Well, first and foremost is, is, is do a due diligence process. So we run um, an education seminar um, to look at the product and make sure it's a fit. Our, our entry level is as low as $2,400 to get started. That's for, for everything you need. We really, again, we were built for the channel as a product and we're also built for the channel as, as a business. So you become a Level Platforms partner. Um, you're handed over to our, one of our PDMs who, to Aaron's point, is you've got to get your processes in place. And they're really uh, trained to help solution providers take those initial steps in, in getting an immediate ROI out of the solution. And you know they're trained to take us all the way up to a full MSP model, but also let's really decide what's most important to you as a solution provider. We offer toll-free, free tech support, and our tech support team actually works hand-in-hand -hand with the PDM. And I know a lot of vendors say that, um, but our, to put it bluntly, our, our tech support is paid the same way our salespeople are paid, the success of our partners. So they're commissioned on, on the growth potential of each partner and how well they do. So we're a subscription-based uh, software model. So you, you pay as you grow. Um, and really, I mean, we're here dedicated because our, our success has been predicated on the success of our partners. Um, so you get started for $2,400. We have a defined curriculum and training program that we take every new partner through. It's got dedicated assets as far as people go, as, as well as technical training, as well as business training. And that PDM and your dedicated tech support guy are designed to sit down, you know, get through even, even the amount of information that we provide to you and decipher exactly how you want to go to market, both short-term, mid-term, and long-term. Sounds like a great uh, a great process uh, to get a customer or a partner. I don't want to say customer, a partner to the level of success that they that you would like to see them uh, achieve with the solution that uh, they're partnering up with you for. Aaron, if I'm uh, a partner listening to this webcast uh, down the road, and I wanted to, you know, ping you for some answers or have some questions, what's the best way to reach out to you? Um. Probably the best way to reach out to me is is via email. Um, you can send it send emails to Aaron E R I N at nextstepnetworking dot com. Perfect, and and uh, that's a, you know Aaron's a great test uh, testimonial based uh, partner for Level Platforms. If you have any questions at all about LPI, Dan, uh, maybe you can share your confirmation or contact information with us just in case any of the partners out there want to talk to you directly. Sure. It's D. Wensley, D-W-E-N-S-L-E-Y, at levelplatforms.com. And if you just hit levelplatforms.com, um, you can find my, my name and phone number there as well. So we're, we're right there. And always partner at levelplatforms.com for any information you're interested in. Okay. So we've got just like a minute and a half left here, guys. Dan, I... I need, to, I need to talk to you. One thing off topic here, you know, I know you and I are both passionate Toronto Maple Leaf fans. In 30 <laughs> seconds, what's your prediction this year? As it has been for the last 40 years, Stanley Cup. <laughs> well, we'll have that, uh, we'll do that parade on uh, Young Street this year. Is that, uh, in, in June, we can count on that this year? Uh, probably not, but that's my prediction. I've been wrong 40 times in a row. <laughs> Well, the Stanley Cup's always at front and young anyway, so at least we can go visit and touch it every once in a while. That's right. We know where it lives. We just can't win it. 
Well, thanks, guys, for uh, coming on uh, Small Business IT Radio today. Uh, check out our website at smallbusinessit.ca for any upcoming shows. Uh, and you can also download a copy of this webcast from smallbusinessit.ca. Just look for it on the left or the right side of the screen. I can't remember right now. I don't have it open in front of me. And that will tell you there will be archive shows or you can listen to the ones we did with Robin Robbins and some of the other shows that we've done in the past. So, again, thank you very much, uh, guys, for taking time out of your morning to, uh, to talk to us today. And I uh, wish you continued success. And hopefully I'll see you guys next week in Florida. Uh, we'll, we'll be there. See you there. Okay, have a great day, guys. Thanks, Thank George. Thanks, Darren.